Good Friday morning to you. Welcome to Brewers Briefing. I'm Brooks Brewer. It's time to talk about the dead gum news. What is happening in this crazy world? Good Friday morning to you. Thanks for showing up. You didn't have to, but well, here you are. Thanks a lot. If you want to get involved, you can give us a call. Give us a text. 918-756-3646 is the number. And like I said, text or call. You can also just text in. Hi, good morning to you. How are you? You can text in memes and jokes and pictures and and uh, news articles and whatever it is you want to text to me that I need to know that we can share with the family. Uh, all right, so do that. 918-756-3646. Come on in. Come on in. Get your seat. They're going fast. Yes, 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 yes. We are, um, we are podcasting. Please be seated. Be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, come on in. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, we are podcasting this broadcast, by the way, around the world on Apple Podcast and Google and Spotify. Also, subscribe if you're out there and you want to subscribe. That way you'll never miss a moment of the program. And share it, okay? How else am I ever going to become famous if you don't share this to, uh, to everybody? You know, that's what we got to do. Anyway, I'm glad to have you with us for the program. We're going to have a good time this morning. We have got Senator Mark Wayne Mullen on the on the queue this morning at 840. He's going to be calling in live. We're doing a live interview with uh, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. We used to interview Congressman Mullen back in the day. It's been a minute since we've done that. But uh, we're going to be doing uh, Senator Mark Wayne today at 840. I'm excited to talk to to him again it's been a while so we'll see what he has to say he's been in the news lately <laughs> we'll talk about that i don't want to spoil it just yet let's take a look at the weather forecast see what that's doing out there it's cold out there it's 38 degrees at the airport probably pretty close to that wherever you are mostly sunny today the forecast in 57 north winds 5 to 10 not terrible 44 overnight saturday 70 yeah come on and a 40% chance of rain on Saturday, 30% chance of rain Saturday night, down to 41 degrees. Sunday, cooler, 56. Man, it's up and down, isn't it? 34 overnight, back to 51. Monday, what is this? There's that freezing temperature Monday night, down to 30 degrees. What will that do to the plants and the trees and everything that's going, hey, it's springtime. We're ready. And then it's going to freeze. I, I I'm not a horticulturalist, so I don't know. I, I don't have anything growing out there that really matters. So anyway, going to freeze Monday night for all you people that do know stuff, protect your, your plants and whatnot. Next week, Tuesday, 59, Wednesday, 69, and Thursday, 66. So let's see what the temperatures are around the state. Since you asked, we have, what do we have? We have... Some 20s up in the panhandle, of course. As always, the coldest part in the state is Beaver, Oklahoma. And let's roam around to the south and see what we have down there. 47 is down in the southeast corner. That's the highest temps that I see around the area. Old Bogey sitting at 40 degrees right now. Anyway, good morning to you. Thanks for jumping in here. I appreciate you a lot. More than you know. Good morning, Vicky. Hi, how are you? Top of the morning, right back at you. Good morning, John Powell. Good morning to you, sir. Welcome to the program again. It's been a long time. Glad to have you with us here. Hey, don't be scared. Jump in here. 918-756-3646. 808. We've got basketball tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the semifinal state class 2A boys action tonight at 9 o'clock. Yours truly going to be doing the broadcast. It was going to be Sam, and then uh, now it's going to be me. So we'll do. Uh, we'll go on the air about eight forty-five with uh, some pregame stuff, and then we'll be broadcasting live from the big house tonight, nine o'clock. And Preston taking on Oklahoma Christian Academy. I think that they beat Preston before in the regular season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I heard Sam say that, and I think it's number like number two, number three ranks. In the state. Anyway, it's going to be happening tonight. It's all going down. And uh, when Preston wins, they'll play again Saturday at 645 for the gold ball. 
And of course, we'll have that broadcast for you as well here on The Brew, 106.3 FM, 1240 AM and online on our website, listen to thebrew.com. That's where this show is archived and Tradio stuff is archived and the Town Talk program is archived and the Medicare questions and answers with Dana Mabry is archived. So much stuff happening over there. It's crazy how much work I'm doing nowadays. <laughs> but it's all good. It's uh, it's enjoyable stuff. All right? It is. I have to say. All right. Well, let's see. Has we got all the announcements out of the way? All right. I think so. I think so. We can start talking about what's happening in the in the daggum world of news. What is going on out there? I don't even know where to start today. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. What about what is uh, that's that's not it. That's the Brewers Briefing. That's what we call this program now, by the way. Brewers Briefing. If you're looking for it out there on the podcast world, look for Brewers Briefing, and well, that's where we'll be. Tucker Carlson narrative busting January sixth coverage is ratings juggernaut. And he he uh, he had a had a huge uh, night when he released all this stuff. I watched him last night to see if he was going to release any more of this stuff. Because you remember when he first came out with the Jan Six uh, stuff? I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday when it was. I've slept since then, but he was going to release all these videos throughout the week because he had so many of them, and 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 it seemed like it's really tapered off. Does it seem like that to you? It seems like that to me. Anyway, the first night he brought it, he got 4.1 million total viewers on Tuesday night. That's when it was first uh, aired. And that's uh, that's about as many viewers as I get and listeners uh, in, in, a, in a week. He got them all in one night. And uh, it was much more than anybody else. For example, uh, MSNBC gets about 1.49 million. And <laughs> CNN... Prime time averages about 451,000 total viewers. So not too good over at CNN and Tucker is killing it. And I mean, rightfully so I'm telling you what Tucker is enjoyable to watch. Uh, You know, he's got some issues. His laugh is terrible, but he's, he's, he brings on some good stuff and he really exposes some stuff that needs to be done. And, and, uh, so he got lots of criticism I mean, from the top down, I mean, the, you know, Chuck Schumer and all of them, Mitch McConnell and all that. Um, so, uh, John wants to know where to listen online. Listen to the brew.com, man. I'm going to, got to get text him. He's a little slower than most. Listen to the brew. Where's the dot dot com, John. There's a listen live button over there. No dash. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I had a little, little moment. John's driving. He's trying to listen to the program and he's going to run out of range and you want to know how to do it. You can download apps for your phone. As a matter of fact, I am working on a radio station app right now. It's been a huge pain in the, uh, in the, <laughs> but I'm working on it <laughs> to get our own app, but you can download some stuff like simple radio or tune in apps and then just look for 1240 the brew that's that's what we do or you can have your alexa tuned in she can she can find it so anyway so tucker tucker killed it but i think tucker though i think he's i think he's laying off the jan 6 thing he got pressure from chuck schumer told uh ceo rupert murdoch you need to stop tucker he did he threatened he said you better stop him. Shave down. He's too, he's too bad. He's cherry picking stuff, making it look bad. Anyway, Tucker Carlson had on the QAnon shaman's mom last night and his attorney, and it looked, it's a tough deal for them and trying to figure out how to get him out of there and stuff. But anyway, uh, Tucker, though, I tell you what Tucker did do that was hilarious. His monologue on International Women's Day, and we talked about it here. So funny. I mean, it, it's. We talk about it, and even the wife and I are talking about it this morning. It is so weird how people, grown-ass people, <laughs> are caught up in this pretend world that, that men are women and women are men, and some of them are neither one, and they're non-binaries and whatever. It's, 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 the, it's the strangest thing in the world. Anyway, but it's, it's from the top down. It's all over the world, and you got people like, Jill Biden and Joe and all the rest of them. And they were, 
uh, giving out awards on International Women's Day to dudes. And Tucker just, he had a funny monologue on that. And it's like, you poor gals. I mean, the the women <laughs> are being ousted and erased at every turn. Like, how do the women not rise up and get pissed off at this stuff? I mean, even the men are outdoing the women at being women. <laughs> I mean, look at them. They're on Time Magazine, Woman of the Year is a dude, you know? And NCAA Woman of the Year is a dude. It is true that men do everything better. Whatever a woman can do, a man can do better, including being a woman. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, funny stuff, weird stuff. God, weird as hell, but it's, it's funny. And uh, Tucker had a, a funny piece on that deal last night. It was absolutely hilarious. In my uh, professional opinion, of course, that's what it always is. Uh, let's see. I got a texter here, somebody listening, texting, yeah, Tucker, when they are all bitching at you, that's how you know the truth is being told. I know, right? When you get over the target, man, you see the cockroaches come out and they get all scared and running and wild, screaming and all that. Good morning, Joy. My mother-in-law told me to quit whistling on the radio like that. She's got a thing with loud noises and it bothers her a little bit, but you got to do it sometimes. You know, for effect. Anyway, let's see. What do we have happening in news? What I got queued up for you? Let me see. I I, I wanted to read this. I, I just saw it late this morning, so we'll 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 dive into it just a little bit. It's non-political. Here's a story from KTUL about money buying happiness. You know, you've always heard money can't buy happiness, but <laughs> new studies show <laughs> that it kind of can. Kind of a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more happiness anyway. Did you know that? Of course you knew that. We all knew it in down deep. Like, yeah, it may not can be. It's like it's not the only thing, but it does help. Let's just be honest. The article says, yes, money does buy happiness. There's a nuance to consider, but new research shows there's a correlation between more money and more happiness. No kidding. I didn't need to beep that. I was just kidding. Money can modestly buy a little bit higher happiness. According to a study, money is not the secret to happiness. There's a lot of different things that matter. But a senior fellow at Horton Business School at the University of Pennsylvania said money has its limitations, of course. It can't make a miserable person ecstatic. But research shows the vast majority of people will be happier as their incomes rise. Can I get an amen in the back? Yes. Woo. I know, and I'm looking for that. Killingsworth said the rising happiness is really tied to increase control. Money affords people. That's really what we want. It's not the money. It's the, it's the thing the money buys, right? The freedom or security and all that. Yes, and the purses, of course, and the shoes. The more money you have, the more you can live the life you want to live, which kind of makes you happy. New research published last week in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences Journal was born from two other studies that appeared to conflict. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. And it is kind of true. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's true that money is not everything. And I saw something last night. I thought it was brilliant. It was a video. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to replay it for you in my own, uh, you know, interpretation. And it was a guy interviewing two people. He said, if I gave you a million dollars, just take you, for example, my, my listener here, all right? If I gave you a million dollars today, million dollars. How would you feel about that? You'd feel pretty good, wouldn't you? <laughs> feel pretty good. If I gave you a million dollars today, would it would it be difficult for somebody to put you in a bad mood today? I mean, you just got a million dollars from me, and now you're thinking about what to do with it. It, it. Would it be easy for somebody to put you in a bad mood? Probably not. Probably pretty tough because you're going to be, you going to be a good mood. Going to be a good day. You know that song, good Anyway, you're going to be the good mood. So what if I told you, I'm, what if I gave you $10 million tomorrow, but the, uh, that's your last day on earth. You're going to be dead after that. That's it. $10 million. But you're going to be dead. Would you take the $10 million? 
No is everybody's answer. No, of course they wouldn't take the $10 million. So you stop and think about the perspective on this deal. Life is more valuable than all that money. Like <laughs> $10 million is $10 million. But if you're going to die, then what's the point? It's no good. So why don't you wake up every single day thinking, you know, life is so much better than all that money, and here I am. You know, so it's, it's, it's like perspective, thinking about it, right? How do I think about my day? It's amazing. I'm, I'm alive, and I have opportunities, and it's – so we don't have to go around thinking about, oh, God, it sucks, and this sucks, and that sucks, and that sucks, and I hate this, and blah, blah, blah. blah. No, it's, it's, it's extremely valuable. Anyway, that the video did better than than what I just gave you, but you get the, kind of the idea. It's not about the money. You know, money doesn't hurt. <laughs> kind of nice to have it a little extra once in a while. At least that's what I've heard. But um, but it's it's more than that. Okay, it's much more than that. Okay, what else we got happening in the world of news? I don't know. We'll talk about it in a second because I do need to take a break. And uh, we'll come back. we got lots to talk about. And, of course, the senator coming up today, too. Stay with us. Good Friday morning to you. Welcome to Brewers Briefing. It's 823. We're just rolling along with what's happening in news and current events and uh, talking about it. If you want to weigh in here, you can. 918-756-3646. Don't forget, we got Senator Mullen coming up at 840 today uh, live here on the program. Anxious to see what he's he has to say. He's been in the news lately, and we're going to talk about that. Himself, he's been in the news. So I saw a tweet this morning. Um there's some people up in Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, Republicans that want to tour the uh, jail at, at, at D.C. to see what kind of conditions that these January 6th defendants are having to deal with because some people say it's pretty bad. And they're being treated poorly and beaten and, and all kind of stuff. <clears throat> Nobody should endure that as a you know, prisoner in the United States, and no matter what, you just, you, certain dignity you got to have, human rights you got to have. And so they wrote a letter. Some of these uh, Republicans wrote letters to the uh, D.C. jail to, to, to get a tour. They want to see the conditions. And Eric, sleep with the Chinese spy, uh, Smallwell, Fartwell, whatever his name is, Eric Swalwell, Representative Swalwell, he tweeted this out. Will they next visit the terrorist at Guantanamo? Now think about that. Here is they they want to go see the American prisoners that are being held from the people that were, you know, all the grandmas that were wandering around the Capitol that day. And Swalwell, the Democrat, is comparing those people to, to terrorists in Guantanamo. That's how they think about these people. That's how they think about all Republican and MAGA people, make America great conservatives. They equate us with terrorists in Guantanamo. Oops. I think he just tweeted that out. I can not really thinking about it. Or did he think about it? You're going to visit the terrorists in Guantanamo next, Marjorie? Same thing. Why don't you care about them? What's the difference? That's kind of what it intimates. And that's a little bit scary. Because we've seen the tapes now, the other tapes we've seen. Not, not everybody was breaking windows and smashing their way into the Capitol that day. Not everybody was, right? Some people peacefully just walking around, just kind of got ushered in. Some of them by the police. And here they're sitting in jail in D.C. And uh, some people want to go take a look at it. Thank God. It's been bothering me from the beginning. Like the way these, it's reported that they're being treated and it's just, you know, it's out of line. And it's, it's we got to fix America. Like, America's got to be America. We have to lead the world and how we do things, how we treat people, and how the dignity that we have and the biblical principles that we need to be running our country by. Can I get a witness? Thank you. Anyway, that's that's part of it. 
Well, you probably didn't know this. <clears throat> you probably did not know that it was the MAGA Republicans all along that wanted to defund the police. Did you know that? <laughs> of course you didn't know it, because it's not true. But according to Joe Biden, it was the MAGA Republicans that wanted to defund the police. Listen. And so, folks, look. MAGA Republicans are calling for defunding the police departments and defunding the FBI now. That's a good one. I like that one. Well, guess what? And they refuse to provide funding that's going to keep communities safe and secure. We talk about health, about crime. Well, it's outrageous. My budget invests in public safety. It includes funding for more training, more support for law enforcement at a time when they're expected to pay, play many roles. Whatever. He's so senile. Did you hear? I know it was kind of hard to hear. I had it all the way up. He, he literally said in whatever speech he was rumbling and mumbling about yesterday, MAGA Republicans are called for defunding police departments. That's what he said. It's total bull. <laughs> I mean, it's this is what they do. It's like you can just get on your little microphone and stumble around the stage like, well, it's the MAGA Republicans that want to defund the police. It's the MAGA Republicans' fault that we want to send all that money to Ukraine. I mean, it's the MAGA Republicans' fault that the borders are open. It, whatever you want to just claim. It's it's wild, isn't it? It's like, really? No. Now, we might want to defund the FBI. You got that one right, probably. I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably a good thing. But not to the police departments. Isn't it, isn't it bizarre? I mean, you can't make stuff up like this. It's just it's just weird. <laughs> just weird. That's what it is. Weirdness. Weirdness. More weirdness. Every day, clown weirdness is the clowniest world we live in. Never would have thought it would have been this clowny, but it is. And uh, and speaking of clown shows, okay, so we have the budget. I guess I guess Joe released a budget. President, uh, the dinosaur Joe released a budget, and in this budget, <clears throat> it mentions equity sixty three times. Equity. You hear a lot about equity. Equity, 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 equal outcomes and whatnot. It mentions g uh, transgender eight times. Now, this is in the budget, okay? The, the financial budget mentions transgender eight times and queer seven times. wonder how many times fentanyl got a mention. Oh, twice. Got mentioned twice. Opioids got mentioned four times. But 63 times we got equity. We got transgender all over the place and queer all over the place in the budget. So we kind of see where the priority uh, priorities are for these Dems. Gender politics, man. Equity. You know, it's a god to these people. Diversity, equity, inclusivity. <clears throat> and it's all just BS. It doesn't mean anything to them. They don't, they don't include groups that they don't want to include, like Jews and Christians. They don't, white people, they don't include all those people. It's just for their own little groups and whatnot. Straight white Christian males are out. Queers and transes are in. And it's in the budget. And, and it's 63, what is it, 63? No, no, that's not what it was. 6.8 trillion on the budget proposed. It's unlikely to pass. Of course, the House won't pass it. The, the Senate probably will. But they don't care about the fentanyl coming across the border, killing Americans. They got to get the pronouns right. That's what's important here. Pronouns and lift up the trans community. You know, skid it right. Skid our, skid our dead gummit. We got to get the priorities where they need to be. Correct. You know what I'm saying right now? All right. I'm, I'm going to check my phone real quick because we got to, we got the congressman going to be calling in or the senator. Excuse me. I got to get that right. He's going to be calling in any minute now. Okay, that still seems to be working. My Bluetooth on this stupid thing just sometimes doesn't work. As you know, if you listen for more than 15 minutes, you know, the, the computers here at the radio station are just weird. They they don't always work. Anyway, let's see. What is what has Vicky got to say? She's got a meme coming in here. Just because trouble comes visiting doesn't mean you have to offer it a place to sit. Said Festus one time. That's pretty good. I like that. 
That's pretty good. What else is happening in the world of news? I don't know. Let me see. We got the budget, the budget, the budget. Um, we've got the uh, government, and, and this is just kind of coming all out. We had this hearing yesterday with Matt Taibbi and uh, Schellenberger being grilled by some uh, some folks. And it's about censorship and the government working with private entities to censor the truth, basically. Brent Weinstein tweeted out, he said, it's far worse than we thought. The term malinformation literally makes posting of such truths terrorism as far as the U.S. executive branch is concerned, which activates all the extra constitutional powers established under the Bush-Obama administration. And... uh, what they're doing is is really it's it's a huge problem, and and I know that we kind of get into the weeds on some of it, but it may get confusing. But the the censorship stuff is gigantic. They 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 want to control. They think they have to control what you think and how you think, and they they can't afford to let the truth get out. And so they're just at every turn. The government, the wickedness of our government is trying to work with private entities like big tech and social media companies to rein it in. Now, be it vaccine hesitancy, you know, the stories of true vaccine side effects or what really happened at the Capitol on January 6th or whatever else they want to, you know, rein in. They, they, they can't stand this freedom of speech we have is a big deal if you didn't notice and they're fighting it at every turn and that's what the hearing was about yesterday on capitol hill up there <clears throat> and it's, it's it's government being exposed over and over and over how they're talking to these social media companies and saying hey take that account off take that account off and that one need to silence that one remove that person and they did it over and over and over and over to all these conservative accounts that were silenced you know, people that were exposing vaccine problems and, uh, you know, election problems back in the day. You know, we were, when we was, we, we, that was the big issue, all the problems with the election. And you can't have all that. No, that's not what, you know, you got to get in step with what we tell you to say and think. And otherwise you'll be silenced and that's what's happening. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. Huge Deal, and then we got to we got to keep pushing back on it right there, <clears throat> pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. What is this? Magic mushrooms is in the news in Oklahoma. A bipartisan bill to research psilocybin's effect on conditions such as PTSD, depression, anxiety, substance abuse has just passed the Oklahoma House, sixty-six to thirty-two. I don't know anything about this. We need to talk to a House rep to see what this is. Maybe. Mr. Fettgetter or Chris Banning or somebody. What are we doing? Is this good? We <laughs> we getting some shrooms uh, floating around in Oklahoma to take care of us? I don't know. I don't know anything about this stuff. I literally don't know anything about it. It's some kind of deal. Uh, psychedelics. I think it's passed in Colorado, of course. We're following whatever their lead is. Not sure that's a good idea either, but... <clears throat> Anyway, it's, it's, it's just something. I, I'll just throw it out there. You guys can look it up and tell me what I need to know about that, okay? Because I don't really know what I need to know about it. Not even sure. All right, another quick break. We'll come back. We're going to have Senator Mullen coming up in just a second. Stay with us. Eight thirty-eight is our time. 22 minutes before 9 o'clock. And, yes, I did the math in my head just Without even already thinking about it. <clears throat> uh, see, I got a text here from Mark Sheila. Ask Mark Wayne about the mushrooms. They also help with traumatic brain injuries like his son had. Oh, that's right. I remember about that. Uh, he might have knowledge on the studies. Okay, I might, I might ask him if we get into it. I, I've got some other questions for him. We'll see what we can get into with the senator. We only got 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, it, it might take all that. We'll see. He might know about that. That's right. You know, his son had that wrestling injury. 
and uh, long recovery on that deal. So we, we should have him on the horn here. They're always pretty timely. They don't they don't mess the time around. They got people and in, in plebeians down there working the phones and and doing all the stuff. So I expect he to call in momentarily. It's like maybe right there. That that looks like a that that can't be there. Let me see if this is him. I don't think it is. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the Brewers Briefing. Hello. <laughs> of course, it's not going to work when it's time to work. Hello, are you there? I'm here. Are you there? I am. Hey, how are you, Senator? Shoot, I'm just living life. What about yourself? Well, I'm having a technical problem as we speak. I'm going to fix the Bluetooth on the stupid phone. I checked it just a few minutes ago, and it said, yes, it's working. And now when you call, of course, it doesn't work. I talked to a friend the other day, and he was having technical issues, too. But I told him it's because he was old. Well, that's a that's a distinct possibility right there. I am really old. Are you there? Yes. Okay. Now I got you on the actual radio where we can hear you. Good morning, sir. It's been a long time. How are you? Oh, man, I'm running good. Is my connection okay? I got you on speaker, but I can move off of it if I need to. It sounds to. great. It sounds great on my end. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Yes. And so so now, you know, used to be Congressman Mullen. Now it's Senator Mullen. You've kind of, you kind of stepped up a little bit. I did. If you if you just keep the name Mark Wayne titles, that's what we tell everybody. Well, we'll never change on my title is Mark Wayne, so I, that's why I prefer that one. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I do want to ask you real quickly. I mean, before we get yeah. into the good and the deep stuff, what has been the difference from being in the House side to being in the Senate side? Like, what's what's some of the differences? Well, time management is much different. Uh, the rhythm of the uh, uh, the, the rhythm of, of the of the chamber works much different. It's just kind of like any new business you go to. You kind of got to earn the learn the rhythm. Uh, but uh, one thing that has been surprising me is you have a hundred members right in the Senate. You have four hundred thirty-five in the House. But it's honestly easier to build cross relationships. What I mean cross relationships, I mean with the with the other side in the House than it is with the Senate. The Senate is very segregated. I mean very segregated. Um, on the, in the in the house, you uh, you spent two hours to four hours uh, a, a day on the on the floor voting. In the Senate, you don't spend we don't spend two minutes a day on the floor voting. And now the vote will be open for an hour and a half, or two votes will be open for for two hours. But uh, the the senators just walk in, vote, and they you just do a thumb up, thumb down, and leave the floor. So you don't stay there on the floor because each vote is held open for about forty five minutes, and that could easily go longer if Kamala Harris, our VP, has to come in and break a tie, which she's having to do right now because you have Fetterman that's uh, hospitalized for uh, clinical depression, and you have Feinstein that's that had to uh, be hospitalized too. That's in I believe California. It may be in D.C., but neither one of them come to the floor, so Kamala's having to come in. And now we got but Mitch McConnell spend, hospitalized too. I don't know if he's still yeah. laid up. I don't think I don't know if he's in or not. I haven't got yeah. an update on that. Okay. But my my point is is that you don't get to spend any time with your members, and uh, and that's been hard. But the the biggest change is uh, in the House. You you're supposed to know a, a, a you're supposed to know all your issues. Um, very closely, but you, but really you only are an inch deep and a mile long on issues. So basically you just know the talking points. In the Senate, because you're not voting constantly on, on all this stuff, you're expected to be about a mile deep and 30 feet long on issues. So a lot more studying. I, I, I study uh, more now than I ever have in my life. Uh, I, I mean, we're, I spend Hours, and I'm not kidding when I say this. I spend hours a day studying on issues because in the House I was on basically three committees. In the in the Senate I'm on uh, I'm on twelve committees. I'm on four major committees, but they all have subcommittees, three each. Wow. And each subcommittees operate as a committee as itself, so not like a true subcommittee. And so you, you I'm, I'm meeting with my uh, legislative office constantly. We're constantly going through issues. Every night I go home with about three three binders, I mean true binders, that I have to read through. So it's a uh, – but I, I'll get used to it once I get the rhythm down. I got to get the rhythm down, but it's, yeah. it is literally a, a lot more work in a time frame. I have to spend so much more time in D.C. than I – 
then I, I, I then I'm not a DC person and my wife has been very patient with me, but you do have to spend a lot more time in DC than you did in the house. Well, from what I understand, the mob boss works more hours than you do. <laughs> That's what <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice push. That guy doesn't even know under, he doesn't even understand hard work. Okay. Uh, all right. I mean, it, so, look, you've been in the news lately because of this, this little showdown with the mob boss, the union yeah. mob boss, and it made the big news. I just want to know when the MMA match is going to be between you guys. You know? So is that set up yet? You know what, what we should do is do a charity and, uh, <laughs> and the winner gets the charity they're going to go to. And I have a pretty, I have a pretty good, um, a pretty good idea that my, our, my charity choice would win that one. The guy is just, he's, he's an absolute bully. I and bullies. I mean, he is a mob boss. He's a Teamsters mob, mob yeah, boss. No doubt. And the guy is, uh, the guy has already, he's publicly said that he wants to bring back the mob mentality. Oh my gosh. And, I mean, he, that's, that's not a, he's had multiple, uh, um, um, he's had multiple charges filed against him for harassment, uh, for property damages. I mean, the guy is oh not a good guy. And, uh, and he thinks that he can just walk his way in and say what he wants to say. And the things he was saying about, about CEOs was absurd. And, 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 and I'm not against unions. If people want to be part of a union, fine, be part of a union. But don't bully people into being a part of the union. And, and if you're not part of a union, don't accuse us of being trash. And if you're not, if you're, if you're a business and you, don't, and, you, and you don't want to join the union, that doesn't. I mean, they literally called us uh, called us uh, racist. They called us. Uh, um, they, they accused us of sexual harassing our employees. And you're like, wait a second. You you're the one that doesn't want to give the employee a choice and a right to work state. You, you and and by the way, Oklahoma unions actually do pretty good because employees get to choose if they want to be part of the union or not. But you want to take that away, and then you also and then you want to take away the ability for them to vote privately. You want to take away the private ballot to where they have to fill the ballot out in front of a union wow. member. Yeah, that's and mob mentality. That that's not that's not harassment. That's not the mob mentality there. And, and this is, so there's, he's just such a, he, he's just such a character. Now, probably, you know, could I handle that with a little bit more decorum? Yes. But, uh, instead but of saying, shut your mouth, hell damn it. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes people need to be told that and I probably wouldn't have been too upset if you would have stood up. You probably wouldn't what? I wouldn't have probably been upset if he would have stood up. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I would have, I would have probably welcomed that, but uh, that's not who he is. You know, he's he's a guy that makes a living by running his mouth, and he's never worked so hard that his hands hurt. At the end of the day, I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, well, now his, and, and, and he's he's also a guy that keep in mind that he he's an he's he's an attorney. That's what he does. Um, he 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 creates a position by calling discontentment uh, with with all with every uh, company that is that his guys work for, which. He's never created a job. The people that he works, the people that his his teamsters work for, they're the job creators. But he creates a job by by stirring the pot constantly, and he sucks the money off of these hardworking guys that are actually out there doing the hard work. And right. he wants to say that he's a worker. Oh, come on, give me a break. Right, and that was, that was the gist of the video clip. I didn't see the whole thing, but that was kind of what was floating around was was you you know asking him how many jobs have you created and he you know had trouble with that obviously because he hadn't created any jobs and you have because you're a business guy and you've been in business you know what it's right. like to create jobs it's a whole different deal so um yeah so i don't know I, so i don't know exactly what all you're working on but um a couple of things that i'm frustrated with and i i think some a lot of people are more and more by all the time and that is this funding to Ukraine, you, you, your buddy up there, Mitch, thinks that's the, the number one issue in America is funding, 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 funding Ukraine. I mean, it, it's just like I just don't see that at all. And I don't know if that's anything you're working on or how you feel yeah, about I that. Mean, I uh, I work on this every day. I probably get briefed being on the Senate Armed Services. And then um, obviously I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on the strategic threats um, subcommittee and and uh, uh, warfighter subcommittee. Um, it's something that we deal with on a. I probably get briefed two, if not three times uh, on this and in classified briefings. It is important for us to assist Ukraine. Uh, there is a strategic reasoning behind this one is because china is paying attention to what we are doing and what the rest of the world is doing um, and you got to also understand the alliance that is taking place you have an alliance that is taking place between china 
between Iran or Iran and in Russia. And they have essentially, and I'm going to get as close to this without being, uh, without getting into classified information, so I'm going to get as close to this as I can, can't go beyond it, is uh, they've essentially started dividing the world into three chunks, where you have Russia taking care of their region, you have Iran taking care of their region, you have China taking over the Pacific and Asia Pacific. Um, and uh, and that is, and then you have North Korea that's going to play a role there, but maybe they're just going to be able to play a role by getting broke out of their shell. And so that, the, and so every one of them are paying attention to what's happening in Russia, which is why they are they are they are trying to funnel as much resources as are to, to into Russia. What we have to understand is if Russia breaks out and they do take over Ukraine, they will control seventy percent of the of of all the energy in the in that region, including including all across Europe, and twenty five percent of the food supply, not just in their region but also into Africa. And, uh, and and that's a scary proposition because if you control the energy, you control the economy. If you control the food, you control the people. Right. And and uh, and and we have to we have to realize that there's zero chance that Russia stays in Ukraine. They they will attack one of our NATO nations. Uh, and and now, if how they do we do, know that? How do we know there's zero chance of that? I mean, honestly. Zero. Because they kind of plan out. We have a we have a tremendous amount of intelligence on this. We also, I mean, Putin has put, laid out his plan. He wants to restore the old Russia. The reason why he chose he chose Ukraine first wasn't because he thought they were going to be the easiest. He chose them because he pushed in to Crimea underneath uh, Obama, knowing that he wasn't going to do anything, and Trump and Biden was vice president, knowing that they didn't do anything, that he sat and waited until Trump left office, and then he, he pushed Biden, ag- uh, Biden again on this. Um, but it was strategic because, as I said, they will control the ports that control the food supply uh, and the energy that the pipelines intersect into Ukraine. Right. Uh, so after let, that— Let me ask you this quickly, it, Senator, before we keep going on that trail. How, how do you feel about people that say— this was America pushing this whole thing. We we toppled the government in 2014. We've expanded NATO eastwardly. We forced Putin's hand. How do you feel about those arguments? We didn't force Putin's hand. No one can say that we forced Putin's hand. You can you can have conspiracy theories that want to say all they want. Um, well, we those things are this. true, though. We did involve. We have, we did have a coup d'état that we were involved in in, in Ukraine, kind of in 2014. Toppling and installing Zelensky, we have encouraged NATO push eastward. That's that's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, that's hold up. What we can, what we can, what we encouraged in in Ukraine was a true democracy. Um, they had asked for our help, for, <laughs> and and what we wanted to do is make sure that Russia's influence didn't increase. The history with Ukraine is. Ukraine um, was a nuclear was a nuclear power coming out of World War II, and uh, and we had negotiated with the UN with our NATO allies that if Ukraine were to give up their their nuclear power back in 2000, my my dates may be wrong, okay. maybe in 2001, 2004, but we would protect them, and Russia had agreed that they would not. Um, interfere with Ukraine. Uh, there was a treaty among all of us, but we had said that if they give up their nuclear weapons, that we would protect them in the event that Russia were to invade. And okay. and so uh, it, that was our agreement. We said we would protect them. We have a true treaty with them saying we'd protect them. Well, you go back to 2014 when we got involved in the election, it's because what had happened in Ukraine is that Russia had interfered with with Ukraine and had take, they essentially taken over the government and, and installed their people. So when when uh, Russia invaded Crimea, there was zero response from Ukraine. Essentially, I mean, there was a there was a token of response, but a zero response that that really what should have taken place. We had kind of taken our eye off that. We knew that Russia was influencing Ukraine, and we knew that they had their people in place. When we saw that, then we had an obligation at that point to make sure that Russia wasn't interfering with the elections. It came very clear 
that the head of the people in the, head of the government that was over Ukraine was part of Russia. There was they put in their oligarch. They had put in their people. So we we encouraged them to elect somebody that was from a true democracy. And so what we did is we interfered with Russia from being able to interfere with the election. So it wasn't had anything to do with us toppling. It's that we kept Russia from suppressing the vote from the Ukrainian people. We didn't go in and topple them like we did Saddam Hussein. Um, that isn't the role we played. We just we just kicked Russia out of their government. Well, it doesn't seem from what I hear that it's it's much of a true democracy now. I mean, that's what we were evidently what you said we were fighting for. Well, but it, I mean, it doesn't seem like Zelensky is uh, is operating in a true democracy form well, over there. But what people what people got to realize is democracy to which we have grown up with and which our country is only known is going to look much different than it is in a country that they've only known um, socialism. They've only known a dictator. And so a democracy is going to look different in every single country. That's what the that's what the the, the, the a democracy is all about. It's going to fit the people that are in that country. I dealt with democracies before I was on the Intel Committee. I was on uh, the House Democracy Partnership, and we traveled all around the world helping countries that wanted to come out of a dictator, wanted to come out of a communist country, wanted to come out of a, of a, a socialist country and move into a democracy. We dealt with countries like uh, like the Gambia, who literally sat there and helped them set up the branches of their government, how they literally had to rewrite it. They can't – you can't use our form of government and just put it into a country that's been, that's been ran by a dictator. It doesn't work well, that way. Yes, that. but I think if we're giving billions and billions and billions of dollars to a country like Ukraine, we can say, hey, look, pal, you can't lock up your opponents. You can't shut down all the media and just have a state-run media. This is – I mean, if, you're, if we're going to boost up your <laughs> – democracy there's some rules exactly. you need to play by because we're giving you all the damn money you're going to do what we tell you to do otherwise it looks kind of bad i mean right we're not we're not going to tell them what they're going to do because uh, that isn't what we do <laughs> well, we, well, we're holding the purse we, we should be able to say something uh, yeah but we've got to allow them to we got to allow them to work through the process themselves otherwise we run their government we did do that in 2014, which you referred to. We said, listen, this isn't working. If this is a direction that you're going to go, that's fine. Then we're out. You, you chose to do this. So if you want our assistance, this is what we're going to do. And the people of Ukraine responded that way. But they're not. you're not going to change your behavior overnight. Right. I mean, it takes years for people to get off drugs. Yeah. Um, it, 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 we have we have a prison system that's full of people that's supposed to be reformed, yet 70 percent of them go back. It doesn't it takes generations for you to change your mindset. We are we are just we're just 10 years. We're 10 years. We're one decade away from them having a trying to move into a true democracy and you and we have to be somewhat patient. It just doesn't happen. It, okay. does, it just seems to me, and I, and I get it. It's messy. Democracy, our own democracy, is messy, and I get that. It just seems to be it should be more of a European problem more than it's all. And we're carrying twice 100%. the deal. We're spending twice what all the European countries combined are are spending, well, and it just seems it, a little. It seems it, a little tilted, if you you know. I agree that we shouldn't be the one absolute, absolutely leading this. It should be the – if Germany is concerned about Russia, Germany needs to be invested. UK is, 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 is concerned about – UK need to be, needs to be investing. If, if Italy and Greece and Spain, if they are concerned by it, then they need to be investing. And guess what they are? What you're not paying attention to is the ratio of GDP. We are putting more money into it, but if you do the ratio of the GDP, mm -hmm. we aren't carrying the lion's share uh, because what you do have to take into consideration humanitarian aid that is being pushed in. These guys, they may not have um, all the, 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 the ammunition or munition that we have or the technology that we mm -hmm. have, but you have countries like Belarus who um, – uh, well, I don't want to use Belarus. I, I, I'll use uh, – I'm going to use a fake country here, so I'm not putting in much – not a fake country, but a real country, but not this as a statistic to them. You use a country like Georgia that they may have a 
uh, they may have a, a stockpile of 12 scud missiles. And what they've done is they've literally given all 12 of their scud, their scud missiles to, 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 uh, to Ukraine. So they've given all they can, but they can't give any more because they don't have any more to give. Mm-hmm. And that's what people aren't seeing. We do have European countries that are literally giving, Brooke, everything they have. But they don't have what we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have the stockpiles. So they are stepping up. But Germany now, Germany could step up in a much bigger way. Uh, and, and I believe they should. Well, you got me on that one. Percentage of GDP makes sense, and I have not considered that at all. I've just looked at the total numbers, and and I, I just, I, I just, it just, it just kills me when there's so many things we need to do here at home, and so many people hurting, and and we're sending all this money over there, and inflation's what it is. It, it's just, it just, you know, I don't know. The messaging is not getting to me what it, maybe what's really happening. That's why I'm, it's good to talk to you and and get a better picture of it because it's, I it just frustrates me. Don't you, don't worry about that. Yeah, I get it. I'm frustrated with it too. I have the I have the advantage that knowledge is important, and I have the advantage that ninety five percent ninety ninety nine percent of the members of Congress, House and Senate, doesn't have access to this information. Yeah. Um, nor do they have the time for it. And so I find myself in a very different position. But when I get to talk to somebody like you and we get to go through it and explain it, it helps because knowledge is important. Knowledge is key. And if I didn't know all this stuff. I probably would have a different view too, but because I'm in it, I'm in it literally up over my head. I've been dealing with this for two years essentially, uh, because we're we're dealing with it prior to the invasion, and then since they've invaded, um, I, I I I do have a I, I I do know it pretty pretty in depth. Right. Well, we are out of time. We've got Tradio yes. coming up, and you know, with that, that takes precedence here at the Brew, yes, sir. buying, trading, yeah. selling, and giving stuff away. But uh, anything else in our remaining seconds that you'd like to say to our listeners, uh, Senator? Well, as busy as busy as we are, uh, we're still here to serve, and it's an honor for us to do that. We wake up our morning um, and uh, and and thank the Lord for the opportunity to serve, uh, and so. Um, it's a, if you need our assistance, please reach out to us. Instead of being in, in the House, we're in the Senate. So look up our website. We'll have somebody come out to if we, if we can help you in any way. But we're here to serve. Well, that's what we want to hear. Thank you so right. much, Senator Mullen. Right, we appreciate you. your time, right. and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. That's Senator Mark Wayne Mullen right there. And as I mentioned, it's time for Tradio with Tricia. We're going to buy it, trade it, sell it, and give it away.